name is John Relly, I'm a senior pastor here. It's an honor to welcome you this morning for church. This is an hour out of our weeks that we get to determine belongs to the Lord, and that's it. We don't get anything out of this time. This is all for the Lord. So we come here and just taking everything that we've got, all of our strengths and our weaknesses, all of our doubts and our faith, and we come all together and we say, Come, Holy Spirit, we welcome you into all of it. We ask that you would dwell with us, to speak with us, to name in us what you're doing, and to lead us forward. So I would love for you to stand with me just for a minute. We're going to sing some songs. We're going to sing them to God. And as we do, I just I want to welcome us into a posture that just says, Come, Holy Spirit. For whatever's going on in our lives, we say, come Holy Spirit. This time is for you, God. To hear your voice and to bless you for who you are. So come Holy Spirit. We open the doors of our heart this morning. Have your way and don't hold back. We ask in Jesus' name. I'd just like to share an encouragement from Psalm 139.7. It says, Lord, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? Um, And it's just a beautiful reassurance to know that God is always with us. And so whether you're here to celebrate what God has done in your life this week, this this month, and you're in a good place, or you're going through a hard time, uh, and you just need God to, to meet with you today, just be reassured that He is here, and we want to exalt Him this morning.
Hearts the great. 
worshiping with the family of Christ today. Amen. My name is Jared, and I'm honored to lead communion today. Holy communion is not just a ritual to be observed, but a blessing to be received. And it has two parts, and likewise, two blessings. Number one, healing of your body, and number two, forgiveness of your sins. Isaiah 53, 5 says, but he was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so that we could be made whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. At the cross, God took all our sicknesses and diseases and put them on Jesus' originally perfect and healthy body so that we can walk with him in divine health. 1 Peter 2.24 says, He personally carried our sins in his body on the cross so that we can be dead to sin and live what is right. By his wounds, you are healed. When you eat from the bread, pray for physical healing. In Luke, Jesus said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. When we drink from the cup, we are declaring that we are forgiven and have been made righteous. Jesus' blood gives us right standing before God, and we can boldly go into God's presence. As you drink, pray to receive forgiveness. And for those serving communion, please come forward now and feel free to choose which side you like. May you be greatly blessed. Jesus at the 
He's got plans for us. He's got plans for his world to be redeemed and healed and saved and receive his blessing completely. And his disciples, Jesus' disciples, saw this happening while Jesus was on earth. And they said, would you teach us how to pray so we can be about this business that you're doing, making everything right, everything brand new. Would you teach us how to pray? And so he did. It's a simple prayer. It's up on the screen. It's in Spanish and it's in English. And so pray it in your own language. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Well, good morning. That was a lot louder than the first one. Good morning. Welcome to Mission Vineyard Church. I'm so glad you chose to worship with us this morning, whether here in person or online. Uh, We're so glad that you are here. Our mission here at Mission Vineyard is to welcome Jesus into all of life. And so wherever you're coming from, we're just thankful that you chose to be with us and bringing everything we have, the good, the bad, the ugly, uh, to God. So a couple of quick announcements. Uh, The first is if you're new here, we have these little welcome bags on the back table. It has some information about the church, as well as what we call a manna bag, and that's just a simple bag we put together that as you're driving about the city, you can bless our homeless friends and neighbors uh, with some practical needs, socks, some snacks, water, um, some band-aids, just some things that we can care for them. We often don't carry money, cash anymore with us, but we want to still love and bless people that we're encountering with the love of God. So 
and just a practical way to meet people's needs. Um, so we hope that you grab one of these bags. And in there, there's also something called a Connect card and just gives them some information about you. So we can send you our weekly emails, let you know what's going on in the life of the church. And you also get a Starbucks gift card from Pastor John uh, <laughs> if you give us your mailing address because um, you know, everything is getting more expensive these days. It's nice to have a gift card every once in a while. Anyway, we do have a couple of quick announcements, which are all included in that weekly email I mentioned already. Uh, the first of which is next Sunday, July 3rd. It's like 4th of July weekend. People go away, they travel, they have holiday family parties. But the homeless friends and, that we mentioned already often don't get to have those types of family barbecues. And so instead of going out into the streets with um, bagged lunches that we've been making, we're going to invite our homeless friends to our other building, the former Fiesta building, at 1 p.m. to have a family barbecue with them um, to offer them some lunch and a cool place to hang out in the air conditioning and some Gatorade and just those types of things. So if you'd like to serve, if you'd like to sit with your friends, pray for them, just be present, help barbecue food, whatever the case may be, um, please in email info at missionvineyard.org and we'll get you more details, but that'll be next Sunday after church at 1 p.m. And we say 1 p.m. so you can run out and grab your own quick lunch and then have the capacity to serve. Our second announcement is on July 4th, we are going to actually host, John and I, we are married to each other, uh, we're going to have an ice cream slash pool party at our house. Uh, Pre-COVID, we used to have things at our house all the time, and that's stopped. And so people often, again, have their own plans. They want to do fireworks and all these things. So we thought 2 to 4 p.m., come to our house, bring some ice cream toppings to make your own ice cream sundae. We'll provide the ice cream. We have a small above-ground pool in our backyard, so... If you don't want to get in the water, we have water guns, water balloons, whatever, just to cool off, have some fun together, and just kind of just be with one another. So if you want details about that, what our address is, um, you can see me at the back table or email, again, info at missionvineyard.org. And then lastly, our big, hairy, audacious goal for 2022 is for our church, Mission Vineyard, to support the kids and families of One Hope for Kids, the foster and adoption agency we partner with, by hosting a fun family-friendly event here at the Duseum. We've rented out the whole Duseum for that organization so that our families can come and enjoy the Duseum um, at no cost to them. And we're going to, it can either be open to the families can come and enjoy it together or they could drop off their kids and we would kind of be a babysitter of sorts going through the Duseum with them. So we have all sorts of different needs for that event. It's going to be on Friday, August 5th. So we're asking people to save the date. If you don't like kids but want to serve in some way, we have plenty of things for you to do. Um, we're going to give little gift bags to the family. So putting together gift bags, like there's things that need to be done before the event as well as on the night of the event. We, you don't even have to interact with children. You can still come and serve and love this, what this, work, this uh, foster adoption agency is doing in our city and our county and not even have to like touch a child if you're afraid of sticky hands and stuff. But it'll be great. I promise. <laughs> it'll be great. So <laughs> with that, we're going to take an offering right now. Um, many people, as part of their act of worship, like to give back to God what he's first given to us. And so the people I've asked to pass the baskets, could you come forward, please? And I'm going to pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you so much for the people in this room. I thank you, Lord, for the work that you're doing through this church and in the city, um, through many different organizations, God. And so, Lord, I pray that every penny given, whether in person or online or However, Lord, you want to use our resources, God. We just ask that we would use them all with your wisdom and understanding and grace. In Jesus' name, amen. Mike. Thank you. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Justin, come on up. Come join me. 
My name is John, and this is my friend Justin. So, Justin, uh, you've been hanging out with Mission Vineyard for about a year now, yeah? Yeah, roughly a year or so. Yeah. yeah. And ever since, we, uh, we've started getting into discussions about our mutual passion that we have, which is to lean towards the poor and the lost. Yes, yes. And yeah. that's been a passion of yours. I mean, and you started following Jesus when, do you think? Uh, 1999, January 1999. Yeah, so yeah. around the same time, you're in college, and there's, like, all kinds of things going on. You're with yeah. a group, University? University Christian Fellowship, yeah. Just and kind of a, yeah. You're starting to get to know Jesus, mm -hmm. and something's happening in you. Yes. Um, so, <laughs> so, 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 Ed, um, a, a lot of the, a lot of the little kind of, I wouldn't call them classes, but, like, University would give kind of, like, a lot of little, little topical studies, and so... They started talking about the homeless and serving the poor, and something that kind of clicked for me um, was a lot of what they were talking about was not really about what we can give the poor, but what they can give us. That there's, there's, first of all, there's just something about you know our own perspective on life, you know, kind of gets entrenched in you know, just how we grow up, what class we're in, stuff like that. I mean, that's like natural. That's just that's your environment, and so um, they started just talking about how like there's there's a part, there's just experiences and things in life that you don't understand because you haven't experienced it. And the only way you experience it is you really spend time with another. Um, and then also they started bringing up verses um, that just kind of, for me, really, the idea that really stuck for me is that there's, there's a part of God that I don't know because I'm not serving, because I'm not sort of moving outward and especially serving the poor. Um, Jesus identified himself a ton with the poor. Um, you know, he said, whatever you do to the least of these, you do unto me. I mean, that's a very, like, he, like, literally positionally puts himself there. Um, and so it just really struck me that there's something I don't understand about God and maybe I won't understand about God if I'm not out there with the poor. Yeah. So... So in every church that you've been in, in every Christian fellowship you've been in, at some point there's been this opportunity that you've availed yourself of or even started. Yeah, so me and uh, me, me and one of my friends, so I had a group of guys uh, that I was just really good friends with in InterVarsity, one of them named uh, Brian Calloway, and um, he kind of felt a call from God to, to basically just start, start a meal for the homeless and working poor. Uh, we were in Gainesville, Florida, and, and the idea was just go out in the plaza every Friday night um, and make it available for them. And so um, I was sort of his compadre, kind of invited me along. Um, and yeah, that's so that's kind of how, that's honestly how it started for me was he kind of had, you know, he had this dream and I was like, yeah, that sounds freaking awesome. Like, let's, let's do this. Like, um, so yeah. And then, yeah. So you, so you're seeing these scriptures, you're mm -hmm. engaging with the poor, you decide you know, there's this opportunity. I'm going to continue to invest. Yeah. What's it doing to you in your relationship with Jesus as you do begin to regularly serve the poor in this way? Hmm. Um, well, like I said, I mean, I think there's just sort of, um, it's, you know, there's empathy. Like, you just don't see somebody else's experience and what they need um, until you just get in there, like you get in the mess, you know, kind of like Jesus did, he incarnated. I mean, you, you, you get in the mess and you see what's going on. Um, 
and I think there's things that I just didn't understand about God's heart. Um, so I think we're, we're, we're talking a little, um, I think up until that point in my Christianity, and it, none of it was bad, but it was just a lot of focus on prayer and worship and Bible study, and all of that was completely good in there, but there was a point, I even, I mean, it, this was even, I was in my prayer closet praying, right, you know, and God was like, I need you to go out, like, I need you to take all this stuff and, like, bring it out to others, and actually, that's, there's two passages in John, two pictures in John, basically, that have always been awesome to me about the Holy Spirit. One says, the Holy Spirit is a well of water in you, so it's something refreshing for you, but then the other is that the Holy Spirit is a um, is a, a river, a living a river of living water that comes out of you, um, and that it has to be both. And so that's what God was kind of saying to me: it can't just be the stuff I receive for myself, because as all you guys know, as I hate because I hate washing dishes. But if you <laughs> but if you if you if you let water stand, what happens? It gets nasty. It gets moldy. It doesn't. Um, it gets poisonous, basically. So if you just, so if it's just a well of water within me, it's just gonna get nasty and poisonous. It has to go out. Um, and so I, there was a point where God was like, I just need you to go out. Like, like the prayer is good, but I, like, it has to be this way. It can't just be. Yeah. And you're an intellectual guy. You're a math professor. Yes. It, yeah. Your faith could become completely intellectual. You could do that very, very well. But it seemed oh like this invitation from Jesus was actually, I want to I open to you into a different place of, of my heart, is the, what the Lord was saying. And, he, and yeah. so by you participating, it was really, I mean, there's only so much we can do, the, but, but it was for you. No, oh my goodness, I was actually thinking about that, that like, yes, like I am, I'm a math professor, I'm a logic person, I'm a debate person. Everything can become a world within my head where I've figured everything out, right? But then I've done nothing i've done jack for anybody else right like i haven't actually like played it out um and so and the thing is god's made me that way i'm you know i'm a really smart person all that kind of stuff but everything every good thing that we have has a negative side to it and that was the negative side and so you're exactly right god knew exactly what i needed and that was i needed to be out i didn't need to keep it up here Carol, like, yeah. there are a couple of pictures of our last time out uh, <laughs> making just some bags of sandwiches. We're really just experimenting. What does it look like for us to take mm. time and go and lean and not with any kind of system? In fact, we, and this is Thundar there, and yeah. Thundar will tell you his testimony. It's only been like six months, I think, that Thundar's been off the streets mm -hmm. and really an expert to those who are, are on the streets and with kids and families and um, just praying for people, giving, that day it was 106 degrees. So, that was hot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, Justin's not perfect. I'm not perfect. We're mm -hmm. all sort of no. on the way and no. trying to follow Jesus. Yeah. There's all kinds of different ways to serve the poor in San Antonio. San Antonio's done a great job in creating even yeah. whole buildings. This is actually a huge center for the homeless where people were, were waiting. Uh, families, I mean people carrying their infants waiting for the center to open at night, and we're just there. So like, we don't know what the Lord's asking us to do, and uh, we're just doing our best to, experiencing, to experience his heart, really, and, and be with him. So yeah. um, this may be you. This may be you going, I don't know how to do this, or how do you do this with little kids, or I'm old, I don't have the strength for this. <laughs> Whatever that is, would you just kind of just posture yourself towards the Lord right now for whatever he might want to do, not to have the answer, but just to say yes to having his heart.
Justin, would you, would you pray for us? Sure, yeah. God, I thank you that you're here. Um, I thank you that you're not only here, Lord, you're everywhere. Um, the earth is the Lord's, Lord. Um, I thank you that you're out there and that you're with these people. Um, God, I thank you that... Um, I just thank you that um, you give us a chance um, just to experience you, um, both where we've come from and where other people have come from. Um, God, I just pray that you, um, I pray that you pull us and you push us um, to see you and to see life uh, through another's eyes. In Jesus' name. Lord, I, we know you're not done with Justin. Justin knows you're not done with Justin, so we say, Amen. come Holy Spirit. Continue to refine his heart to be more like yours, Lord, in every single way. Come, Holy Spirit, to seal on him what you're doing, to know your heart, your compassion, and mercy for him. We pray your blessing on his life in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Amen. It's been the posture of this church, and again, we've not done it perfectly. I don't know what it would look like if we did it perfectly. Maybe you've got your own ideas, and you should go do that. Uh, but our posture as a church has been towards the poor and the lost. In fact, as a whole movement, a vineyard movement, one of our core values is to lean towards the poor and the lost. Uh, and so today, what we're talking about is the kingdom of God and experiencing God's hope in the future God's hope and future in our lives today. What we're talking about also is like some vineyard values, which is to remember the poor. To remember the poor. Uh, a couple days ago, I got back from Argentina. I was visiting some of our churches down there, which was really fun uh, to be with them. And they are remembering the poor. So uh, there's one church in Mendoza, and the way they decided to start their church was in their home. And then they said, you know what? The music community needs a place to play. So let's start a cafe slash bar. And they did. And so I arrived in Mendoza after having a whole day in Santiago, Chile, with the national leaders there. I get on a plane, and I arrive in Mendoza that same night. So it was plane flight, arrive in the morning, spend the whole day in Chile, get on another plane, arrive at 10.30 p.m. in Mendoza, and we head to the bar <laughs> where there's a blues jam happening. And rocking out till 2 a.m., and these guys just do not want to leave because this is one of the safe places for them in Mendoza to play. These young artists were talking about what a mentor the pastor, Mark, was and what a safe place he was creating for them. And his, there were guys on his core team drumming and just being amazing. And I'm, I'm looking at this place going, these guys are remembering the poor. Now, on the other side, at their home, at their personal home, every day, multiple times a day, they get a little door knock. And they have friends that come to the door, and they're ready for their friends. And they've got a bag of food, and every time they come, they're giving them this bag of food. They're remembering the poor. We spent some time together uh, in Mendoza, and then uh, went to Cordoba. And Cordoba, uh, we met some new friends, new pastors of the vineyard there. And these are some wealthy folks. These are uh, computer analysts and psychologists. And their kids go to private school, and so they're, you know, they're friends with uh, other people at private schools. And they thought, how does the Lord want us to remember the poor? And along the way, Dulce, uh, uh, one of the pastors, Dulce and Jorge are the pastors there, and Dulce 
uh, was just doing some of her training and going to some of the communities, the immigrant communities in around Cordoba. And uh, specifically, there's a lot of Bolivian immigrants that are coming in and just trying to, but you just, there's a lot of, in Cordoba, if you, if you leave your house in a lot of Argentina, there isn't a lot of law when it comes to protecting your home or land. And so as immigrants come in, they find land and that's where they are. And, and this land was uh, not very well protected because it's around a trash dump. And so who wants land around a trash dump? And, and so this beautiful Bolivian community has grown up around this trash dump. And as Dulce was doing some of her uh, care and research, and she's a child psychologist, and so she was just visiting communities to see what some of the need was. And as she did, she found this beautiful Bolivian immigrant community uh, around Cordoba. And they thought, you know, what, Lord, what are you doing? And as they did, they found this beautiful woman, Josefina, among the Bolivian community who, community who just started opening up her own home to feed the children there. Carol, we've got a couple of pictures. So there's Josefina there on the right, and she's got this clay oven that she's made, and she's just baking bread multiple times a week and setting up her home. Sorry. <laughs> it, I'm not crying about this, believe it or not. There's just something of what the Holy Spirit's doing today, and it's, I'm, not, I'm, I'm tending out to what it is, but... Um, Sorry, I just got to wait for just a second. Come, Holy Spirit. Like sometimes when we wait, he does a ton more. And so I, it can be odd, especially in church. Like, why isn't he preaching more? Why aren't we playing more music? Someone play a backdrop song so that we're not uncomfortable. You know? uh, but when we wait, he does more. Uh, as I'm telling this story, I just get a sense, and maybe somebody else has a sense. Uh, we actually have a shepherd here on his, in his spare time. He's a shepherd. And so when I say the Lord tending the sheep, there's, um, I feel like the Lord's doing something in me and in us of tending. And it, and it may mean getting antibiotics because <laughs> there's an infection, or it may mean... Um, putting to the side for special care, but uh, the Lord, yeah. Um, when you see Josefina up here, when you see these other ladies, when you see the kids that I'm about to show you, uh, the Lord wants to let you know that that's the way he cares about you. So uh, these ladies bake bread, they make Tea, which in Argentina is typically mate, and they, the kids come, and some parents as well, they've got bags and containers, and they come and get mate, and um, it's, you see this all over the world. You see this in San Antonio in some places, certainly right across the border. We don't have to go to Argentina to find this. 
What's going on, though, is the posture of this local church, and even in their inception, the beginning of the way that they're starting is to remember the poor. And twice a year, they have this event with Josefina's guidance. I mean, she began it, where uh, every kid would get a, a present for Christmas. And so this small group, Josefina, uh, uh, Dulce and Jorge, uh, Jorge is far on the left, Dulce is far on the right, and they would just came around and say, how can we partner with you? You're already doing this stuff. How can we, how can we work with you? And they said, yeah, well, we give these presents. We have this Christmas tree. Uh, do you want to help? And they said, sure. Well, little by little, it turned into a program called Un Regalo Mas. One more gift. And among this private school community, all of these parents, all of a sudden, they weren't church people, they weren't followers of Jesus, but they saw this opportunity to be a part of what God was doing among the poor. So there are these kids that are local to Josefina, but she said, you know, there are other communities too. So Unregalo Mas, over three times now, not just Christmas, but another time during the year, has grown to 300 children receiving gifts through 100 people in Jorge and Dulce's community. So there's this beautiful movement of the kingdom, an invitation of people from outside the church to join in to remember the poor. And how beautiful that is, because how often and how easy it is for us to just remember us. Uh, this is absolutely one of our core values. Not just as a church movement, but as followers of Jesus. You've already heard Justin speak to that. But it really is an upside-down kingdom. If we want God's hope and future of us, it's upside-down. The way that God has done this doesn't make sense to the way that we would encourage one another to find hope and future. You, you've, we've seen it. We see it all over the place. If you want to find hope and future, look within you. It's there. Grow yourself up. Find success. Be happy. There's hope and future. But for the Lord, God's hope and future for us resides in God's mercy for the poor. There's this scripture in Jeremiah. There's a prophet, and he's dealing with some kings that are so distorted. And the kings are trying to be kingly and following God, but they're just not. And so there's one king that's making deals with other countries and trying to be rich and trying to build himself up. And Jeremiah tells him, do you think that you're a king? Do you think that you can experience the kingdom of God because you compete well in economic markets like cedar? Do you think that makes you a king? Do you think you can experience the kingdom because of how wealthy you get? Didn't your father eat and drink, the previous king, and do justice and righteousness as well? Was he about his own markets and his own wealth, or was he about justice and righteousness? Then it was well with him. He judged the cause of the poor and the needy. Then it was well. The kingdom was fine. The kingdom was good. Is this not to know me? Is it not this to know me? The prophet Jeremiah is addressing 
To build yourself up is a great way to get to know yourself through your own image, which is literally impossible. Brain science says we cannot see ourselves. The best chance we have is to get to know God. We are made in his image. And he says, to know me is to judge the cause of the poor and the needy. And so then he challenges the king. He says, but you have eyes and heart only for dishonest gain, for shedding innocent blood, for practicing oppression and violence. Our experience of the kingdom, of God's kingdom, it hinges on Jesus' expression of the kingdom, of remembering the poor and the lost. Now, as I was preparing for today, I'm trying to become more intimate with God. I'm trying to literally ask him questions in my journal, like, what do you want to share this Sunday? And he gave me this picture, and I would have never picked it up, but my wife and I, we love working on our home. It's a 1966 home that little by little we continue to, to work on, and it's just a great thing that we get to do together. And I've broken my thumb hammering in boards and floors and stapled my hand. It's been weird. Anyway, we've got this back door to our garage, and it's a 1966 door. And it opens up to our backyard. It's a great way to access the backyard from our garage. And at some point, we opened it, and the hinges just completely fell off. The screws that were in there were from 1966, and they don't last forever. At least the wood doesn't, little by little, especially around a very moist area, which is where it's located. The screws just came out. So all of a sudden, you go to open it, and it just falls not the way you'd want a door to fall. <laughs> so we get these grand plans, and we're really good at budgeting these days. We've healed from financial mistakes in the past, and so well, what if we move this money in this month, and we can do this, and not do that this month, and eat less, and all that stuff. And we're going to get a brand new door. That's the plan, right? And then something else happens, and we have to use that money somewhere else. And so there's this door just stuck in the back of our garage that we just haven't opened anymore because we know it's broken. And I think the Lord wanted this image for us today because this may be part of how he wants to live and work with us. There's a part of our lives, and it may be in dealing with the poor. The news is full of ways that we are just or unjust. There's competition for who's right and who's not. And here we are wanting to serve the poor, and we feel like, well, if I don't do it this way, or don't do it this way, or this is the way, and blah, blah, blah. And instead of doing anything, we do nothing for fear that it's just broken. It's just broken. The Lord finally, one day, he's like, you know, you go into Argentina, you have to fix this thing. I don't have to, but it was just, he said, why don't you push, put a couple new screws in it? So instead of not looking at the door, I go to look at the door, I open it, it falls out of itself. I mean, it's worse than ever before. But I had some extra screws, and the hinges were good, and I put some screws in the hinges, and the door works. Our life with Jesus works or doesn't work, hinged on, and this is real, and it's hard to hear, but unless we're remembering the poor, the hinges of our faith fall to rot. Whenever we try to pray, whenever we try to experience the Holy Spirit, whenever we try to 
reach out or hear his voice, oftentimes we go to that door and the door, instead of opening or closing the way it should, hearing God or not, instead the door just kind of falls off. And we're left with a faith that doesn't make much sense at all. I was talking with Jorge as we were there, standing there, as the children were being served. And he's saying to me, the Bible doesn't make sense to people who don't know the poor. Oftentimes we take the scriptures and we try to make it for us. There's a whole debate today. The whole church is changing and dividing on whether or not the Bible is helpful for our lives or if it's just some figment of somebody's imagination. But if you ask the poor if the Bible is real and good for our lives, they know the Bible is because it makes complete sense to them. But oftentimes, as we get more wealthy and more distant from the poor, the Bible doesn't make sense to us. We lose our grip on what really matters. Jesus, Jesus said, looking at his disciples, blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom. God's blessing and hope and future for our lives hinges, hinges on Jesus' leaning towards the poor and the lost. He said this, and this is really one of the scriptures that's leading us to next week and what it means to, instead of going out with sandwiches, what if we just threw a 4th of July barbecue at our building and invited everybody, but made sure that we invited our poor neighbors, which the Lord has brought to us. We, I'm telling you, as we went out with those bags the first time, we're packing up our cars, we've got our cooler ready, let's go find the poor. And a guy from across the street comes over and says, what are you guys up to? Can I have one? And we went, oh, here. And so, of course, we gave him sandwiches and Actually, we prayed, and it was a miracle. He said uh, that the following week when we saw him, uh, hey, would you pray? My friend, she, uh, she stays with us. We've got you know, 15 people that stay behind this building, but she's been gone for a couple days. We think that she might be gone. Would you pray with me for her? Yeah, let's pray. So we prayed, saw him the next week. Hey, how is she? You know, have you known her? Yeah, she came back that following day. So prayers are being answered among the poor. Now, okay as the Duseum gives their announcement. I'm going to take a sip of tea. For those who are wealthy, we see the poor in one dimension, and it's material. For those who are wealthy, we see the poor in one dimension. When I say poor, you picture children in this situation. But poverty comes on a whole spectrum. Poverty comes on a whole spectrum, and we all live with our definition that says, you're poor. And sometimes that doesn't look so good. For instance, I have a neighbor, and <laughs> Miguel and Amanda and I did not get off on the right foot. They're amazing, and I can tell this story because they're amazing, and we've actually started Bible studies together now and everything, but we did not get off on the right foot because they had a pit bull that attacked us while we were walking. So immediately, boy, were they poor in my eyes. This is what I'm talking about. And oftentimes we think the poor don't deserve mercy. 
because of what they've done. And boy, Miguel did not deserve my mercy. Until I saw him on a walk with another dog, and the Lord said, remember the poor. I said, hey, I've seen you. What is your name? Is there any way I can pray for you? And wouldn't you know it, he had given up his life recently to serve the immigrants who are coming across the border, teenagers. He said, actually, yeah, I'm just praying. These kids don't have anything. And wouldn't you know it, the next month, we'd all collected a bunch of, like, feminine hygiene stuff and, like, T-shirts. And because as teenagers were coming across the border, they got absolutely nothing. And as they were working with these teenagers, they found out, man, I'm making money working with these teenagers, but they get nothing. So we just rounded up. So I got to participate with Miguel, see him in a different way, and the Lord blessed everything. Fast forward six months, Miguel and I and another guy start a Bible study in my driveway. And guess who Miguel invites? The poor among him. So all of a sudden, there's nine of us in the driveway going through the scriptures. That guy wants to get baptized. That guy's getting his Bible for the first time. That guy's like being filled with the Holy Spirit. That one's being healed of meth addiction. Because for a moment, the person that I thought was poor, God led me to give him mercy. As we talk about the poor, one thing that the Lord wants to say to us is, as we give mercy to those who don't deserve mercy, the Lord is able to infuse mercy into our lives that we've hidden away, where the door is broken, where he says, you've stopped receiving mercy from me because you didn't think that you deserved it anymore. When we give mercy to the poor, when we remember the poor, God cracks open the hardness of our hearts in places that he wants to heal. And as we demonstrate mercy, he gives us the distinct way of his own love in places that we need it the most. When we don't serve the poor, we don't get that part of God who leans out to those who don't deserve it, who leans out to people who don't even think that they need it. And he says, I love you. Would you just receive my mercy? When we serve the poor, we get invited in to this beautiful, intimate space with Jesus where he says, I remember you. I remember you. I remember you when you were hurt. I remember you when you felt lost. I remember you when you know that you can't get a way out of where you're at. I remember you. And the way you know that is because I've given you my heart for other people and you're remembering them. He says, when you throw a banquet, invite them. Invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed. And they can't repay you, but you will be repaid in the resurrection of the righteous when the kingdom comes in fullness Everything, all the hope in the future of the kingdom, all of a sudden comes to this table for when we offer mercy to those who don't deserve it. And we get to participate in this beautiful dance of God loving us in ways that we wouldn't have often allowed him to love us. God's word for the poor becomes God's word for us. My first time pastoring, my first day at work, 
My first day going to the office was in Sugarland, Texas, and Sugarland has been growing leaps and bounds. It's a pretty wealthy area, and so I'm, I'm arriving there my first day, and I'm in charge of things. I have no idea what I'm doing. I have no, like, there's, why, God, have you put me in this place? Like, why have they hired me at this church? I'm sitting in the parking lot super duper early because I want to impress everybody. Nobody else is there. And I just asked him, Lord, what do you want me to do here? And he brought me to Luke 4. Jesus reading out of the scroll of Isaiah, talking about himself. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. This is God's heart for us. This is God's heart for us, to be wrapped up and invited in to his overflowing expression of mercy all the time where God always has good news for us. Even when we don't feel like he should, even when the conditions say that there is no good news here, even when we built up more enemies than friends in our lives because who knows why, God's always got good news for us. And when we lean towards the poor and the lost, we get to begin to receive that mercy There's been a couple of different ways that God wants to speak to us this morning. Some specific words that are on the screen or will be up on the screen in just a minute, and we have prayer teams that are going to be available for you. I, I do want you to be bold about this, though. Like, if, if this is for you, would you stand if one of these words is for you? I do, like, let's name that, like, actually God does speak and God actually does want to give good news to us. I know it takes a lot of boldness, but... We're not embarrassed. We're not embarrassed in our poverty. We're not embarrassed in our poverty. God has made this so that we can receive his mercy. And we are proud that we get to receive his mercy. We're not embarrassed about getting prayer. This is our way. This is our way. Beyond all these words, I want to name. God's inviting some of you to hear some good news and to receive some mercy where you have just buried yourself in self-talk that says you are not worthy. Maybe it's been a while since you thought that God actually loved you just because he loved you. And he has mercy on you just because he has, wants to have mercy on you. Come and receive his mercy today. Whether it's something on the screen or whether it's just some good news. If you need to hear some good news, maybe you've received some bad news recently. If you need to hear some good news from the Lord, receive it. I also want to say that this is what being a follower of Jesus is. There are all kinds of distortions in the world to name what a Christian is or isn't. Being a follower of Jesus is one who receives his mercy because he's so loving. He died for you before you could do anything for yourself. 
And before you know the answer that you need for your prayers, he's already interceding for you, wanting so much life for you, knocking on that broken door. So there's a prayer I want us to pray. It's up on the screen, especially for you who it's, maybe it's been a long time since you followed a God who would actually love you like this. Would you pray with me right now? Stand, Herschel, stand. Everybody stand. Pray with me, please. This is a prayer we all need to pray, but especially for those who it's been a while or maybe you've never prayed this prayer. God has mercy for you beyond your, your wildest dreams. Lord Jesus Christ, I am sorry for the things I've done wrong in my life. And just wait, just let him pour his mercy over you. Say with me, please forgive me. I now turn from everything that I know is wrong. Thank you that you died on the cross for me so that I could be forgiven and set free. Thank you that you offer me forgiveness and the gift of your spirit. I now receive that gift. Just pause for a second. Receive for the forgiveness of Jesus. Receive the gift of his spirit. Receive his mercy, his mercy bubbling over, flowing over you. Please come into my life by the power of your Holy Spirit to be with me forever. Thank you. Destiny and Elbetha are going to continue to lead us in worship. This is a time for you to come and receive mercy. That's why these teams are trained. Don't leave here today. This, who knows if there'll be another day where you feel like you could receive mercy. Let yourself receive God's mercy today. Just today, just let it be today. Come and receive.
send you out in a way where you lean towards the poor and the lost, where you remember the poor for them, but also so that you would practice receiving his mercy. So would you receive this blessing in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, that you would go out remembering the poor and remembering the mercy that God has for you in your own poverty. You'd be filled with his Holy Spirit, blessed by his love. I bless you in Jesus' name. Go in peace. Please join a small group if you don't have a small group. There's so many available. It's a great place to just be safe in receiving God's mercy. You can come serve with us next week. Have so many great opportunities. I hope you engage. Have a great week.